Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 21. Ephesians chapter 5, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the chance to worship you. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of, of worship, Lord, the opportunity to worship, Lord, that you made us beings who could express ourselves through language and, Lord, through our spirit to you, Lord. You've made us spiritual beings. Now, Lord, we want to acquire our hearts before you and hear what your spirit would have to say to us. We thank you that for the power, Lord, that's available to us, and we, Lord, desire to walk in the Spirit, or that we can, Lord, receive all that you have for us in this Christian life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this might shock you, but I actually have a bad reputation in my family of being a bad driver. Now, maybe it was those government vehicles that I put some dents in at work. Maybe it was that large tree at family camp that I backed into one year with my Camry. Alex, remember that? He, he helped me get the den out with a stick over there. Good old Camry. I was still running. But the one I just can't seem to live down was when Ash and I were on the way back from Pismo one day. And we looked behind us and there was sirens of a higher patrol. I got pulled over. The CHP came up to the window and said, Sir, I pulled you over because you're driving indicative of a drunk driver. Now, I was not drinking, obviously. I was probably distracted driving, but whatever the case was, you know, he had it wrong. But to him, it looked like I was impaired. He looked, you know, from the hour perspective, he's like, he's got all the place. This guy must be, must be drunk or something. But I point this out because the Apostle Paul here in this passage in Ephesians gives us the effects of what it's like to be filled with the Spirit. He says, you can look at it from an hour perspective, and here are the effects on a person's life. He says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So tonight as we pause for a moment in God's Word, I want to focus on the filling of the Holy Spirit and then the effects that the filling of the Holy Spirit has on our walk and on our worship. So first, the filling of the Holy Spirit in verse 18. Paul says, Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now scholars point out that the language that Paul is using here is not a suggestion. He wasn't suggesting that people don't get drunk. He is commanding that believers not get drunk. Well, what is drunk? Sometimes people ask this, like describe, ask Jesus, who's my neighbor? Like, well, Lord, who's my neighbor? Red flags pop up automatically. Now, if we use this illustration in this passage, we can say it's at any moment when alcohol begins to influence a person. We call it buzz today. The world knows this. Buzz driving is drunk driving, right? It impairs you. Paul calls drunkenness dissipation, which means a riotous or wasteful living. Now, the Ephesians understood this. As they would walk out, they would see people walking through the streets there full of alcohol, which was actually a depressant, and they were walking around carousing. Alcohol depresses people's self-control, their wisdom, their balance, their judgment. And it's this kind of living that leads to self-control, or excuse me, um, unself-control, or, or lack of self-control, and riotous and sinful living. So Paul said that, that's what it leads to. But in contrast, the believer is to be filled with the Spirit. Now Warren Wiersbe gives a lengthy but great quote as he points out the tenses in the original language for this phrase here. He says, be filled with the Spirit is God's command. He expects us to obey. The command is plural, so it implies to all Christians and not just to a select few. The verb is in the present tense. 
keep on being filled. So it is an experience that we should enjoy constantly and not just on special occasions. The verb is passive. We do not fill ourselves, but permit the Spirit to fill us. The verb fill has nothing to do with contents or quantity, as though we are empty vessels that need a required amount of spiritual fuel to keep going. In the Bible, filled means controlled by. They were filled with wrath, means they were controlled by wrath. And for that reason, tried to kill Jesus. The Jews were filled with envy, means that the Jews were controlled by envy and opposed the ministry of Paul and Barnabas. To be filled with the Spirit means to constantly be controlled by the Spirit in our mind, emotions, and will. So the first thing that we see about being filled with the Spirit is it's a constant experience that you and I as a believer can have as we walk with the Lord. Now this fact will distinguish this ministry of the Spirit from another ministry of the Spirit, what we know as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus in Acts 1, 4-5, and also in verse 8, said this. He said, And being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have heard from Me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to Me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, to the end of the earth. Now notice the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not described as a command, but it's described as a promise given to the believer by God. Jesus spoke of this work also in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. He said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So before the day of Pentecost, Jesus told His disciples to wait in Jerusalem, and they would receive the promise of the Father. After Pentecost... All believers have to do to be baptized with the Holy Spirit is to ask the Father. And the Father, as a good Father, will give us that promise, that blessing, that empowerment. Now, in talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this might scare some people because of the abuse that is seen in some Christian circles. But Jesus tells us the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said it is to empower us for ministry. It's a greater empowerment as the Spirit comes upon us to empower us to serve God. Now, what's that one experience to show us that we've been baptized with the Spirit? Well, the Bible does not point to one experience, and we see that in the book of Acts as you survey through Acts. You see that in Acts 2, 8, 10, and 19. In Acts 2, we're told that they received the Spirit after they were saved, it was accompanied by the sound of a rushing mighty wind. It looked like tongues of fire on upon each of them, and they spoke with foreign languages. And then in Acts 8, it was received after salvation again, but this time it was through the laying on of hands, and no specific manifestation is mentioned. In Acts 10, it was received at the moment of salvation, no laying on of hands. They spoke in foreign languages, just as the Jews did in Acts chapter 2. And in Acts 19, it was after salvation also, Paul laid hands on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So notice there is not one definite moment or one definite experience that we can point to. All we can say is that it is an empowering from God promise to the believer that if we ask, we'll receive. So in a nutshell, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a promise to empower you for ministry. It's received by faith when you realize that this promise is available to you and all you have to do is ask. Now this brings us back to the filling of the Holy Spirit. Once you have asked 
God to baptize you with the Spirit, to empower you with the Spirit, then you're to go on continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. We see that also in the book of Acts. Once the disciples were baptized with the Spirit in Acts 2, we don't see them continuing seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit over and over and over throughout the book of Acts. But we're told that they were filled with the Spirit as they walked with the Lord, as they, as they walked with Christ. So, that's what the Lord wants for us. Maybe tonight you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. You didn't even know that there was such a thing. You thought it was just involved in some circles. No, it's a promise that the Lord has given you. It's that coming upon of the Spirit that the Lord promised you that He will empower you for ministry. It's something that we should receive. And if, if you've already asked the Lord by faith, maybe there was no experience, and then by faith you just need to walk forward knowing that the Lord has given it to you. But then there's also the filling of the Spirit. You're to go on being filled. To go on being filled with the Spirit means to daily choose to abide in the place where God can work in and through your life. Jesus said that He is divine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and abides in His word bears much fruit. So as we draw near to Christ, we're promised to be continually overflowed with His Spirit. It's not climbing up to a mountain or, you know, climbing up the altar. It's positioning yourself in Christ. As you're with Him, the Lord has given you everything that you need that's available to live the Christian life. Now, how do we get out of position? Well, Paul tells us that in Ephesians 4.30. He said, Beware not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And he spoke of that in the context of sin. So, the Spirit doesn't leave us. We don't become unfilled or emptied. But sometimes we can not be in the position in which we're realizing that the Lord has given us His power and we're abiding in Him. We grieve the Spirit. Also, Paul in Galatians 5, 4-5 said this. He said, You have become estranged from Christ. You, have, you who have tempted to be justified by the law, justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Legalism is what the Galatians were struggling with. And Paul said as a result of their legalism, they were buying into it, they were actually being pulled away from Jesus. As a result of being pulled away from Jesus, it was hindering them from that life-giving power of God, the Holy Spirit. Paul calls it the grace of God here, that enabling that we have of Christians to walk. But this grace of God came through the Spirit of God. We see that because in verse 5 he says, it's by the Spirit that we eagerly wait. And so as we abide in Christ, nothing in between us and Jesus, no religion, no works, but as we continually draw closer and closer to Him, we're going to be blessed and we're going to grow in God's grace and His power. So tonight we have the blessed reminder of a continual source of power through the Holy Spirit. And that's what Zechariah saw in Zechariah 4.6. He saw that lampstand there as the, as the lamps were piped into the olive tree. And he said, what's that? He said, that's the word of the Lord to you. Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by, by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And it was an empowerment to encourage them that the work that they had before them was going to be empowered by his spirit. It's a good and wise choice to be filled with the Spirit. It doesn't lead to dissipation, but it leads to self-control as we are filled with the fruit of the Spirit as we grow in Christ. In verses 19-21, we see three effects that the filling of the Spirit has on our words, our worship, and our walk. Verse in verse 19, it affects our words, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So rather than your words being a burden, a bummer, and a discouragement to others... When we're filled with the Spirit, we're able to minister to others through psalms, which are those songs that we find in the Scriptures. Pastor Gina read that one at the beginning of service. 
hymns and spiritual songs are those songs that glorify Christ and bless His church. Worship songs are not just entertainment. They're not that at all. They serve a great purpose in the life of the church and also in the believer as they draw us near to Jesus, as they glorify God and they draw us near to Him. Second, at the end of verse 19, it affects our worship. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The filling of the Holy Spirit is our source of having a heart of worship. The one that is overflowing in praise to God. It's making melody in our heart as we are overflowing with the Lord and allow Him to receive our praise. This filling of the Spirit is a source of a content heart. You're able to give thanks to God for all things that He's doing both in and through your life. Now Paul, who gave this message, wasn't one who just preached it, he lived it. And he gives us an amazing example here in Acts chapter 16. We're told that Paul and Silas were beaten for the gospel. They were then thrown in prison. They had no idea that they were going to be set free from prison. They didn't know what was going to come next. But we're told in Acts 16.25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. We think, wow, where did they get this power from? How can I get this power? Paul says, you have, you, you have been given this power. It's through the indwelling Holy Spirit. It's through the filling of the Spirit. They were able to sing songs to God. They were able to give thanks in all things to God, even in their tough circumstance. Third, in verse 21, it affects our walk. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. The believer is empowered by the Spirit to walk in God's Word and to submit. Submission is an important subject in the Scriptures. For example, God has given established roles in the world that you and I as believers are to submit to. For example, we're to submit to God and His will for our life. The church is to submit to the leadership. The wife is to submit to her husband. The husband is to submit to Christ and as a result be able to love his wife. Children are to submit to their parents. Citizens are to submit to the government. Employees are to submit to their bosses. And bosses are to submit to Christ. So God is a, he has an established order in this world, not because people are better than you, but because He's a God of order. And we can function effectively in that order as we're filled with God the Holy Spirit. But second, notice this, that we can submit to others as we're filled with the Spirit. Paul says that we're to submit to one another. So in other words, rather than demand your rights to other believers, we're actually empowered to be like Jesus and lay down our rights in order to serve others. So Paul said in Philippians 2, he says, hey, you know, put others' needs before you. You know, be the greatest servant. And then he goes on and says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And he goes and talks about the humility of Jesus and how he was able to submit to God and come as the greatest servant. So in closing, God has not left us alone and helpless as believers. We're born again by the Spirit. We have the Spirit in us as we believe the gospel. We have the Spirit with us to teach us and to lead us and to guide us in the all truth. We're given the promise of the Spirit coming upon us to empower us for ministry. And then we're promised the Spirit filling us day by day to live the Christian life. We named a lot of things. Whatever it is that we're going through tonight, it's probably going to fit in one of these categories. Whether it's walking in the Word, whether it's being content, whether it's worshiping, whether it's you know, being empowered for our walk and our work and our marriage and our 
witness and our whatever it might be, the Lord has given us that power. You don't need to climb the mountain to receive it. All you have to do is just be open and abide in Christ and willing to allow Him to do His work. Amen?